Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. All right, 20 minutes from now, we're going to start welcoming great guests to the program today on this wonderful Football Wednesday. Rob Bazola, Brian Baldinger, Will Brinson in Hour 2. Rod Gilmore and Eric Eager in Hour 3. Matt Moore will join us to start the Power Hour at 6 o'clock Eastern Time, giving us NBA bets for tonight. But right now, let's continue on with this Deshaun Watson story. Deshaun Watson done for the season, fractured shoulder and a high ankle sprain. Dorian Thompson-Robinson will start Sunday for the Cleveland Browns and apparently for the rest of the season. You know, pending results and pending health, obviously. He's going to be the worst quarterback of all time. They're going to start P.J. Walker like they did the last time, obviously. So the current market of the game, and then we can get into some other markets as well, Ken, whether it's AFC North, Browns make miss playoffs. Uh, we are basically at BetMGM at least. Uh, pick the winner of the game. Uh, Cleveland's a one-point favorite, and it's juiced towards Pittsburgh. So it's basically like a pick Pick the winner of the game on Sunday. Total here is 33-and-a-half. So I say to you, Ken, pick the winner of the game, and I give you the total. DTR v. Pickett. Uh, do you want to do anything coming up on Sunday with the Browns and Steelers? I don't. Right, so now we're past, hey, I have a number that doesn't exist. Market moves, the story of this morning. Now it's kind of what everyone's going to talk about the rest of the week. Um, which is all the things that are reopened and are back up. Um, I agree with this adjustment for the most part in that I agree that the number should be less than three. I would still make the Browns a small favorite in the game, almost certainly. Uh, And if they start to really drift to the point, so there is a book right now that has the Steelers a one point or two that have the Steelers a one point favorite. That's when it starts to get a little crazy for me. And I know the Steelers have been this, kind of nails close game team so far this year and and everything but like their their rating is very very bad and they're not a very good team and they can win as many close games as they'd like and i'm not going to change my mind for now at least because i see everything that takes play i watch the games and i don't think they're particularly good and if they're going to close a road favorite against the team with this defense then i disagree with that almost no matter who the quarterback is of the other team and i know dtr lost to the ravens but like I'm gonna give the I'm sort of gonna give him credit for the PJ Walker starts just in this way. Like the Browns have shown an ability when Deshaun Watson does not play to be very competitive in games, whoever the quarterback is. And it's not at all dr- you can be like, well, it's PJ Walker, not DTR. PJ Walker was brutal in the games that they won. Absolutely brutal. So like you may think DTR stinks. I'm saying I don't really care which one of them it is, because the advantages that the Browns have don't even really rely on that. So like yeah, the offensive line's a little more hurt than it was a few weeks ago. A couple more injuries. I think we don't know if Denzel Ward's going to play in the game. Like, there's a couple things that are problematic. But um, the more this moves toward Pittsburgh, now I feel like we're starting with overreaction. And it doesn't really start with overreaction to me until Pittsburgh's favorite in the game. Anything pick, anything Brown small, great. Watson's not playing. DTR, like, that's a mystery for sure. Once we get to Pittsburgh favorite on the road versus their closing point spreads versus other teams, that's where I, I start to kind of disagree, and it makes me want to make a bet. Yeah, and just to uh, just to further Ken's point on P.J. Walker, who, like, performed, like, semi-admirably in some of these games. Like, they did beat the 49ers, so whether Walker played well in the game or not, they did win the game. Remember right, yeah, in the preseason— If they actually call that a fumble, they lose the game, which is unbelievable. Uh, I know he gets credit and, for the win, but yikes. And yeah. uh, and, and Matt I. Moody missing at the end. Avada Kedavra to the yeah. football, and, and Cleveland's winning that game against San Francisco. <laughs> Billy P.J. Walker, right, yeah. Walker was on the Bears this past offseason and was cut. Now, Bajan obviously has proven to be, like, he'll have a job for over a decade now as an NFL quarterback if he stays healthy and wants to. But they got P.J. Walker in favor of undrafted, like, like Division II quarterback Tyson Bajan and Nate Peterman. 
So it's not like the NFL like highly regards P.J. Walker, like to be fair. And in the preseason, this is not me making a case for the Browns this week, at least not yet. Like we, we cover preseason football on this show not just because like we we need the content desperately like which we do that time of year but because you know talking about these players and and, and bet, betting into markets and like winning bets also but like it gives us an opportunity now like a foundation to build on where we're not like parachuting in with no knowledge of DTR we bet the Browns in preseason games because, like, we really like DTR, like a great dual-threat quarterback in college at UCLA. Like, the Browns thought highly enough of him. And, like, and like you might not be a Browns fan, but I think you respect Kevin Stefanski and you respect the GM, Andrew Barry, and, like, their kind of process. They're a pretty smart team. They feel good enough about DTR that they traded Josh Dobbs to the Arizona Cardinals. Now, no one knew Dobbs was going to do, like, what he's done, and maybe the Browns will regret not trading for Dobbs at the deadline and getting outmaneuvered by the Vikings. But, I mean, they felt good enough about DTR that they traded Josh Dobbs. So I don't think it's crazy to think that DTR, now with a couple days to prepare, not like thrown into the fire like he was the first start, Ken, could play better. He can't play worse than he did against the Ravens. So I think like we're only going up here. And now Stefanski can maybe get a little creative with the play calling here where he really couldn't with P.J. Walker because Walker's a little mobile. DTR's like like real deal, legit dual threat quarterback. And that's going to help because if you're physically limited, like throwing the football, like you got to be able to run a little bit in the NFL and, and DTR can. So, I, I think I agree with you. I guess the one thing I disagree on, I maybe think Pittsburgh should maybe be like a small, like a one-point favorite in the game, but I do agree that if this goes to like one and a half, two for Pittsburgh, I mean, just tease Cleveland up in a, in a total this low and just feel really yeah. good about it. Um, and maybe we can yeah. talk about, about the total or any other thoughts <clears throat> you have on the game. Sure. Uh, one more thought on the game, and then we can do some of the season-long stuff for sure, just for a few minutes. Because there, there aren't any like screaming bets that have to be made in those markets, just for people that that are curious what we're going to talk about there. Just more like, do you think they're going to make the playoffs? Do you want to bet other teams to make the playoffs? Maybe we can do that. Um, yeah, I just my thought was like we were on one side of three when Watson was playing. Him, his absence is probably worth being on the other side of three. But like then you start to get pretty far out in terms of what that means. Like obviously there's a big gap to to the Steelers being favored by three. So that's just kind of what I mean. Where like I agree with like we're th- we're on the other side of three. Just like how far do we have to go now that we're now that we're there again in a game with a total thirty three and a half. Like it's gonna land one and two sometimes. Like that's gonna happen. Like these teams aren't scoring a lot. I mean some field goals here, and uh, and we know how the Steelers play defense. Like limiting the opposing scoring chances. You did a good, great job detailing that earlier in the week. Uh, my, my one thought on DTR and then I'm good is, you know, if it's like, why did they start him? I think you did a great job detailing, like the Browns might like him and he still might have this upside. And it's, it's not just that for me, like they, they probably think they have a defense that can win the Super Bowl. Their goal is like, get to the playoffs and get to the playoffs in like a situation where you can start someone where you think you can win a playoff game. And like they can play PJ Walker as many games as they want the rest of the season. There's no way like they could play him 50 straight games. There's no way they're going to get to a playoff game and think that like they can win when he's the quarterback. There's just like no way. There's a way they can play DTR eight games here and get to the playoffs and be like, maybe we can win a playoff game with this guy. Like, maybe we can develop him enough. Maybe we can get him enough seasoning that this could happen, even if it starts awful. Like the idea is like the long term play here is you can start him in a playoff game and have some upside that you have like a chance to score on the incredibly monstrous teams that you're going to see in the AFC. And they're like PJ Walker against the Chiefs, PJ Walker against, you know, the, the Jags and the tech, even like the Texans if they're the Miami, obviously, just like the like the Ravens, these are, these are going to be not good things for PJ Walker if this happens. And they may be bad for DTR too, but at least you're roll, at least you're taking a shot. So I think it makes a bunch of sense. 
And I think the comp for that would almost be like when we talked about when Dallas traded for Trey Lance, where if Dak Prescott had to miss a couple games, I feel like Cooper Rush would start. I think if Dak were lost for the year, I actually think they'd start Trey Lance, like for the upside to maybe get you to win a Super Bowl if Lance pops. Like Cooper Rush's upside is not that. Really good backup quarterback. I feel like the Jets would probably be in the playoffs with Cooper Rush as their quarterback as opposed to Zach Wilson. But that's, yeah, but that's like everything gets boiled down to like, well, what if he started it for the Jets? Because, you know, Zach Wilson's the worst. Um... So I guess we're good on this game for now. Totals, they're an impossible, a Big Ten-style total here in the AFC North. Sure. Uh, we can come back to it at some point this week. Can other markets that you think that we need to talk about here? I've got the Brown schedule. I can read it. We can talk about them being making the playoffs. They're 6-3. and three. I know you had a thought on Defensive Player of the Year as well, or at least something we talked about off-air maybe you wanted to talk about. What would you like to hit here? Dealer's choice for you. Do uh Well, like I, I don't need the market for Defensive Player of the Year. I'll just fit in this minute real quick. Um if they're if they're going to be bad and they're going to lose way more then it does impact Miles Garrett's ability to win defensive player of the year. Now my best guess is and we'll go through the schedule in a second they feel like 9 and 8 still to, to me is like not a floor but like that's going to happen a lot and 10 and 7 is going to happen sometimes and those are records where he's going to win. To me, he was light years ahead of everyone at the midseason poll and then beat Baltimore and had a great game. I think he is impossibly ahead right now for this award. And I actually bet some like 2 to 1 and 220 and 240 on Sunday night when the market reopened and on Monday. And I, I think my position's still good and he's still going to be favored by a lot. Just like I wouldn't bet any more. And I want to like, I need them to get to the finish line at nine wins now. If they go like eight and nine, and Dallas is like 14 and three or 13. I mean, like they're going to give it to somebody else. That's my thought. And if the Raiders are ever over 500, Crosby's alive. So it does put that a little into flux, that award where I feel like Garrett had a stranglehold on it if the Browns were going to have competent quarterback play. Very interesting as it regards defensive player of the year. So let's have like, and we can carry this over later into later in the show, just to give the AFC North market right now at BetMGM, Ravens minus 120, the Bengals plus 400 are up next. And like this, just to get Ken's point on on Pittsburgh, it's like, oh, like up, oh, Steelers have a better record than the Bengals. How does the market view them? Worse. Uh, Ravens minus one twenty, Bengals plus four hundred, and, and the they Bengals play twice played yet. at the end of the year. Yep, yeah. and and uh, yep, and that they don't play in week eighteen, but they play a couple times coming up. Still, the Browns and the Steelers both at plus four fifty to win the division. Uh, the Browns to make the playoffs, yes, about minus one seventy five. No, about plus one forty. So the Browns still like the yes price is still minus to make the playoffs. Their schedule can as follows at six and three, home Steelers on Sunday. At Denver the following Sunday, where the Broncos now loom as a pretty interesting team in the AFC playoff picture. At Denver, at the Rams, home Jacksonville, home Chicago, at the Texans, home Jets, at the Bengals. Not not an impossible schedule here for the Browns to navigate with that defense. Not an impossible schedule. A lot of really small point spreads on that list, by the way. A lot of like sub three either way, a lot of coin flip kind of markets. And the really interesting thing there, and I'm sure people probably picked it up as Nick read those games, they're playing every other team that wants their spot. Every, all of them. They're playing all of them. Like the ones that actually have a chance. They're playing Denver. Denver thinks they can get the spot. They're playing the Jets. The Jets want the spot. And maybe Rodgers starts that game by then, by the way. That's oh, late in the baby. season. They're playing, yeah, and like very reasonable with when that game with when that game is. They play the Texans. 
Texans want that spot. They're in the playoffs right now. They play Jacksonville. Houston might win the AFC South. Jacksonville might need that game to make like the my problem with the Browns making it is every week it's like the team that's going to pass them if they win. Like it's not this is not a polarizing schedule like Chiefs twice and bad teams. It's all the teams competing with them. It makes it so much more interesting. I do like a couple teams potentially at big prices to make the playoffs instead of them. I don't think their market's crazy. Their make miss based on that schedule. Again, like they have the best defense. They've been pretty good in these games. Like there's reason to think this can still happen. I don't think this is like an immediate pull the plug on their season. Uh, We will do that a little later in the show. Hour one done, hour two for you coming up on the other side. We'll be on with our friends at Stadium, and we'll start the hour getting NFL bets for the weekend from our friend, pro sports better, Rob Pozzola. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network.